This is episode number 97 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. This is Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you eliminate public speaking fear and get really, really good at presenting and speaking in front of a group. Uh, the topic of this session is how to present a bid proposal. And we're going to talk a little bit about this. So uh, like, here's the scenario. Um, these, these, the few tips that I'm going to give you are things to keep in mind if you are presenting a sales presentation, a bid proposal, a shortlist presentation. So the scenario is you've done all your homework. Um, a team at your company has painstakingly created a, the perfect sales proposal. And in fact, the potential client was so impressed that they moved you to their shortlist. So now they want you to present a bid proposal or they want you to come to speak to the purchasing committee to determine whether or not you're going to get the, the contract. And you're just one of sometimes six to eight different companies or that are going to be competing for this contract. So how do you make sure that the committee picks your team? Well, not to brag, but the, but the times that folks have called me in to um, coach them on a presentation like this, we've closed like 80% of these things. So if you just follow these few simple tips that I, that I give you on this podcast, it should really, really help a lot. So the podcast is brought to you by Fearless Presentations and fearlesspresentations.com. Um, we are, I, I mentioned on a, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that we're, we are quickly moving to a new kind of format. Um, currently, we are offering two-day Fearless Presentations classes in about 30 different cities around the world. And so if you go to fearlesspresentations.com, you can, you can look at the upcoming schedule and find out if there's a class coming up in, in your location if you want additional coaching or want to learn how to really present well. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, though, we're going to be revealing the new way of of our coaching techniques and what we're going to be doing to really help people absolutely just totally eliminate public speaking fear in a very short period of time. Um, I, I'll give you a little a little heads up um, when we do this, when we unveil this. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have to increase the price a little bit. So uh, everybody who takes the fearless presentations classes in the next month or so is going at the, the current tuition that we're offering the classes for um, will actually be grandfathered into the new program. So if you want to kind of um, if you've really if you've always wanted to take one of these classes, maybe you listen to the podcast or you've been listened to a few podcasts. And you're like, man, I think I really want to take one of these classes. This is the time to do it. Sign up for the class now, because if you do, you'll get grandfathered into the, the new program. Um, the new program, just to kind of tell you what's going to happen in the next few weeks, is that we're moving from just offering single two day classes which we've never really been known for that. I mean, most of the time when folks go through one of our two-day classes, it's a continuing process. They get access to our online courses and and that that's all been included in the in the fee to go to the class. So they come to the two-day class and then you get um, you know, for you know, a lifetime subscription to the 
the online version of the course, and you can actually come back and take the class as many times as you want for free. That's the current policy that we have. What we're going to be moving toward, though, in the next few weeks is more of a, of a subscription service. So um, it'll be a year's worth of intense kind of coaching where you can come to a two-day class multiple times throughout the year. Uh, all you have to do is just register for the classes, and and um, and you can come to any one of them that that we offer without paying any additional fee. And then you're also going to get weekly webinars and and other content to, to make it a, a a continual process of learning the the how to really reduce public speaking fear. So um, so we'll be unveiling that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, if you've ever wanted to take one of our classes, you know, make sure and and do that. <laughs> so all right, so let's get on with today's podcast. So I mentioned in the opening that the uh, podcast is is really going to be about how to present a bid proposal. Now I'm using that as a as a uh, that term because it's really common in purchasing. It's really co common in procurement to talk about bids and proposals. Uh, I know that a lot of industries don't actually use that term, so don't get hung up on the terms. <laughs> don't get hung up on the term bid proposal or sales presentation. Um, you know, people will often respond when I when I kind of mention this to them. They'll say things like, well, we don't present bids to our potential clients, Doug. Well, OK, you really do. You just call it something different. <laughs> and in other cases, professionals, especially, they'll come up to me and say, well, I'm not a salesperson. I'm an engineer. I'm not a salesperson. I am a dentist. I'm, a, I'm not a salesperson. I'm whatever. But the process that I'm covering will actually help anyone who is presenting a solution to a person or a group who will exchange money for this solution, basically. So, if, so whatever you call it in your industry, it's the, it's the same concept. The terms bid and proposals, they're just standard procurement terms, and that's why we, we're kind of using them here. So again, don't get hung up on the words. So I've heard this same type of presentation that I'm going to be covering in this podcast be called a number of different things. Like in some situations, it's a bid proposal. In some situations, it's an RFP presentation, request for proposal presentation. I've heard it called a shortlist presentation. You make the shortlist and now you're competing against other teams to get off that shortlist. I've heard it just called a sales presentation. I've heard it called presenting a quote. Um, regardless of what your industry calls it, this process will really work for you. So step one, the first thing that you want to do is focus on what the audience wants, not what you want them to do. Uh, and th this is one of the biggest and really the most annoying mistakes that presenters make when they create one of these proposals or when they present one of these proposals is focusing totally on themselves. Most often, this mistake will look like uh, on, on the opening slide, uh, they will have them kind of create their their title and a few bullet points and their title will look something like why you should hire and then put their company name in <laughs> why you should hire the leaders institute why you should hire abc company why you should hire whatever your company name is and then bullet point number one it most often is going to be the company name and then ending that with has lots of experience right so abc company has lots of experience bullet point number two ABC company can save you money. ABC company and number the bullet point number three, ABC company will finish on schedule. So, uh, I, so I mean, I gotta, I gotta tell you, this is the most absolute, most important tip that I can give you. If you are saying your company name over and over throughout your presentation, you've already lost. You're not even going to be considered with the, with the rest of the groups. And the only way you will be considered is if every single other company is doing the exact same thing, which in a lot of cases they do. And then 
It's kind of the best of a bad lot. So the this presentation that you're designing, if you're doing a bid presentation or a, or a um, sales presentation, the entire presentation should be about the audience, about what they want. So, and and by the way, before I get a chance to explain this, a lot of times when I'm when I'm going in to do some coaching with a, with a group, I'll I'll get people almost immediately kind of arguing with me. They'll say, "Doug, wait, that's the whole point of the sales presentation." You know, we, we, we're there to talk about why we should be chosen for this project. And fall into that trap is, is why most teams do very, very poorly in these types of presentations. So I give an example of how people will react. Now, I'm going to go to the extreme, you know, just because I, that's the way I think in a lot of cases. I like to, when I'm designing a presentation, when I'm making a decision for my company, when I'm, when I'm doing something that I know is going to have consequences, I like to kind of try to think through what's the worst possible scenario? What's the worst case scenario for how, this, how people are going to react to this thing? And if you have a presentation outline like the one that I just kind of mentioned, this is kind of the worst case scenario. So this is a typical kind of mental response to each one of those above items. So, so you got to remember that as we're going through this, that most people are really concerned about themselves and their problems and, and how to solve them. They're not really concerned with us, you know, not really concerned with you. So, um, so when, when the title comes up that says why you should hire our company, the automatic mental response that somebody's going to have is, are you asking me why I should hire you? <laughs> I mean, that's a question. So are you asking me that? Is it you're saying you're putting the word why in the front of it? I know there's not a question mark at the end of it, but well, here's the answer. I have no clue why. I, I'm hoping you're gonna tell me, but you haven't yet told me anything that's of, of of benefit. So I thought you were actually gonna tell me how I could fix my problems, not ask me questions about why I should hire you. Here's I, and since you're asking me a question, here's a question I have for you. <laughs> why don't you just tell me why I should hire you? If you'd started that way, I wouldn't think that you were wasting my time right now, which now I do. Right. So so that's the it, you don't want to fall into that trap. I mean, if that's the first thing that the audience is seeing, there's a good chance that you're not really presenting yourself really well. So let's go to bullet point number one. Our company, ABC Company, has lots of experience. Well, aren't you special? <laughs> why don't, why don't I tell you what? Why don't I just sit back and let you regale us with all of your vast accomplishments? No, 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 it's okay. We have plenty of time here. In fact, we're actually going to applaud you as you tell us about each one of these conquests. Now, again, this is the extreme, but it, it, there is a potential that folks could think this way. For bullet point number two, so our company can save you money. Well, finally, I mean, finally, at least this is something that I actually care about, saving money. I do care about that. However, somehow you've made this whole section about you because you started with your own company name. You don't even care in the least about helping us in this project, do you? And then in the third bullet point, um, ABC company will finish on schedule. Well, I would hope so. I mean, that's what you're promising to do when you sign the contract with us. I mean, this is the set schedule and I would hope that that would be the case. So in fact, now that you mention it, we might want to get some type of guarantee that you're actually going to finish on time. So now we're actually planting a seed that what there's a possibility you're not going to Finish this get this thing on schedule now. So again, um, as you can see, that any time that you focus on you and your greatness and how great you are, it sounds like you're bragging, and that's going to really turn off your audience even before you've even started to to speak. So a better way to design this outline or design this this sales outline 
is and and this works really well if you if you absolutely just want to dominate the sales presentation and and look so much better than your competitors figure out what the audience most wants before you start to design your presentation then show them how they can get that solution so for instance two of those three bullet points that we just mentioned were actually problems that the potential client might be interested in. You know, one of them talked about saving money. The other one talked about finishing on schedule. Those are two things that the audience is most likely into. So we can easily change those bullet points around just slightly to show the audience how they can get what they want. So if you change the the bullet point that says our, you know, IBC company can save you money to something a little bit more tangible, like how, you know, how exactly just tell the audience how you can save them money without mentioning your company name in the bullet point. Now, all of a sudden, they're probably much more likely to pay attention to you and say, OK, this this these people are experts at this. So like, for instance, let's say this is a construction project and you have a design build firm. The, so you might create a bullet point that says something like hiring a design build firm with architects, engineers, and builders in the same building will actually give you an economy of scale. So now they, the, you're telling them how your company is going to save them money without ever mentioning your company name, because you're going to tell them that, you know, you have those three entities, you have architects, you've got engineers and you got builders, and you're going to do that with an example or story. And we'll, we'll kind of t- cover that in the next part. So um, for my own company, for instance, for the Leaders Institute, you know, one of the ways that we save clients money is by having instructors in every major city. So we've got, you know, we're we're a big enough company now where we have instructors in, you know, multiple, multiple major cities all over the world. So um, we can save potential clients money by saving them on travel fees. So if I were going to put make a bullet point about how the Leaders Institute can save money, instead of saying the Leaders Institute, the Leaders Institute can save you money, I would say a local instructor can save you over $1,200 in travel fees per event that we teach for you or the, per event that you, that you schedule. So, I mean, if they're saving $1,200 every time they do a, a, a class and if they're doing some, for some companies that we work with, they might be doing 10, 15, 20, 100 different classes a year. That adds up, you know, that's a that's a pretty significant savings. And so that is a that's a, a great benefit. So that that might be a, a good way to make that bullet point a little bit more structured, a little bit a, a little bit more tangible for the uh, audience that we're presenting to. Um, if you if you want to make the the schedule bullet a little bit better, you could say something like if, going back to the construction example, a thorough pre-construction process will make sure that fewer change orders develop during the construction process. This will ensure that your project stays on schedule. So, um, you know, for my own company, so again, that, that's a more tangible kind of thing for my own company. If I were going to do a bullet about uh, about scheduling and how the Leaders Institute can benefit folks, um, then I could put something in a, in a in my presentation that says, you know, a two day seminar combined with three weekly webinar sessions will solidify the skill development within that set schedule that you've outlined. So let's say somebody's given us four weeks and say, hey, we got four weeks to create a behavior change in our folks. Well, we know that the best way to create a behavior change is with is with an in-person session. But we also know that if we don't reinforce that some way, it, it will start to get lost. So by, by following up with weekly webinar sessions, that that helps a lot. So basically, I make that into the bullet point. So I'm actually giving them the solution in the bullet point 
And then um, so once once we figure out what the client really wants and then we show them how they can get it, they're going to like us a whole lot more. So now uh, the next part is you want to use your experience to prove that the audience can get what they want. So keep in mind that when you present a bid proposal or a sales presentation of any kind, the, the client already assumes that you're qualified. You know, chances are they've spent a tremendous amount of time going through all of the different proposals that have been sent in. And they only chose to interview the ones that they deemed, quote unquote, qualified. Right. So what they want to know now during the sales presentation is, do we actually like these people? Can we work with these people? Are they as good in person as what um, they, they seem to be on paper anyway? So when you create a great sales presentation outline focusing on what they want, you're really off to a good start. So doing what we've done already in the in the podcast will help a, a tremendous amount. So now a good way to to solidify this this concept of getting them to like us and trust us is by sharing some success stories along the way. So for each one of those bullet points that you've now created that are really focused on what the client wants, what the audience wants, you want to create a, a really good story or an example or tell them an, an instance of some time that you've actually helped somebody else create that that success. So for instance, on on um for for one of the earlier bullet points that I've that I've kind of given you about the Leaders Institute, about the about following up with webinars or about having local um, instructors in in different cities. I mean, I I've got hundreds or thousands really of examples of how we've saved clients money by not having them have to pay travel fees to get one of our instructors to to their location. Um, and in fact, um, we, the, the, one of the examples that kind of comes to mind just off the top of my head is we had a, a, a client that wanted us to do four different speaking sessions on the same day at the same exact time. They wanted to be simultaneous. And uh, we actually, since since we had instructors in every one of those cities, we were able to, to have instructors doing identical programs at the same time. And they saved over four grand in in travel fees as a result of that. So I could tell I could really tell that story in an elaborate way and kind of show how we saved that client, and how happy the client was and that kind of thing. And that's that's a really good way to reinforce that that bullet point that I've kind of put out there is true on another occasion. A company hired me to train their convention speakers in a series of three webinars. And then I traveled to the convention a day ahead of the convention start. And then I did some one-on-one -on -one coaching with a lot of those speakers based on what we've talked, what we talked about on the webinar. So basically we gave them a series of, of informational type presentations that helped them begin to develop that skill. And then we did the one-on-one -on -one sessions when I, when I got to the convention and they, they had a, a great experience as a result of that. So creating that information over time really helped um, solidify that skill development. So again, that's a, that's a story that I can use to, to, to verify that the bullet point that I gave earlier is, is true. So these success stories prove that I can help the listener solve a specific problem because I've done it before, right? So I've, I've, since I've done that in the past, it kind of shows that there is now less risk to having them have me do this one more time. Now, this is the thing that I, I, I doubt you'll hear from many other 
public speaking coaches, but you can also build rapport with your audience by discussing your failures. And this is where people go, what? Wait, you want me to tell this potential great, fantastic customer how I failed in the past? And my answer to that is, yep, that's exactly what I'm suggesting that you do. Now, obviously, you don't want to lead with your failure or tell the audience about a series of failures because that's going to make you appear incompetent. However, if you just pick one of the bullets, if you've got three, four or five bullet points about things that are folk that that the customer is really um, in, in, interested in, and you just pick one of those and talk about a challenge that you had in the past and use that as as your um, as your way of, of kind of building rapport and show how you fix that thing. And then now all of a sudden that's a, a really good way to to build that trust level. So. Um, so for example, I, I'll give you an example of this. Um, this was about five years or so ago. We were fulfilling the absolutely largest contract in the history of my company. I mean, we, we've done some really big contracts with some really big companies, but this was the absolute biggest that we'd ever done. Um, it was, it's a huge mining company in Salt Lake City that hired us to, to make their safety training more fun. And this was a little bit outside of our expertise because we'd been doing a lot of, I mean, we'd been doing, you know, a decade or more of team building by that time, but we're, we're not really safety trainers. And so we spent months planning. We even got our, our most popular team building activity certified by the um, certified for continuing education by the, the uh, mining association. And so the, and, and in fact, the program that we chose was our build a bike program. It's a really fun bike team building activity where we were donating bicycles to charity. And we just made it to where the things that we were teaching in that activity were related to uh, mind, mind safety and, and the, the things that hey, they have to learn on a, on a day to day basis in order to get credit for the, the training. So again, we spent months preparing this and and uh, we ordered the bikes and had them shipped to arrive just in time. That was the the hardest thing was ordering all of these bicycles because there were about 600 bikes that we were going to be using over a, a three-week period of time. We were going to be training 3,900 miners, about 40 miners at a time. So, so we were doing four programs a day, 40 people at a time until we hit 3,900. So you can see it's a, it was a pretty big undertaking. Um, so, so before we even left to, to fly into Salt Lake City, we verified that the the bikes were had been received by the the client. So everything looked like it was going to plan until we showed up, and the bike company. I mean, I'm not going to mention who the bike company was, but it was Huffy. Um, shipped us. We ordered this huge, huge, huge order, and they shipped us the wrong bikes. So we had 600 six to eight year old kids that were going to be receiving these bicycles. And Huffy had sent us, I'm sorry, this company that I'm not going to name, um, sent us a, a bunch of bicycles for like four year olds, the ones with the, the little tiny bikes for training wheels. So they would be told way too small for the kids that we'd already promised these 600 bikes to. So um, it created a big, uh, significant challenge. So basically, we the the team kind of went out. We 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 basically went to every single Walmart in Salt Lake City the night before the first event, and bought them out. We we it was it was this huge undertake, big huge challenge. Well, as a result of that, because of all the problems that occurred on that particular project, 
um, we ended up within six months actually um, creating a warehouse where we store all of our all of the stuff that we're going to ship. So we know what we have and we and, and we can we can verify the quality and everything before we ship it out. Now, it's a little bit more expensive to do it that way, but we know that that we can fulfill these activities and these events on very short notice. And in fact, um, on, on occasion I've had where, um, some of our competitors act, have actually called us up, you know, a couple of nights before they're actually going to be doing one of these events and say, Hey, can we buy some bicycles from you? And we, and, you know, obviously we're considering, we, we let them do that. Um, but that, that big challenge that we have actually taught us how to prepare for those things in advance. And as a result, we've never had challenges like that occur since. So um, by telling a, a failure story like that or a challenge story where you learn something from it and you made changes as a result of that, that challenge can be fantastic at helping the client see that, okay, so challenges are going to occur on this project. And we want to make sure that there are that the people that we're contracting with are going to be folks that uh, that can solve those challenges. And so, again, you don't want to bombard them with all of the, the failures. One kind of failure story in the entire presentation typically works really, really well. Um, but it, it's a good way to kind of let people know that, hey, we're human. We learn from our mistakes. And as a result of us learning from the mistakes, we're not going to we're not likely to make that same mistake in a in a um in in a, a future situation so remember so when you present a bid proposal the audience really wants to know that they can trust you so by slipping in that single failure story um that can build trust with a group and then you just finish the story with your lesson learned and then add a success story to it so for me all i have to do is is just add a story about about one of those competitors um you know in fact one of them, this is kind of funny this this happened just i don't know maybe three months or so ago we got a call out of the blue on a thursday afternoon uh, from one of our competitors and he and i are pretty good friends because we're in the same industry sometimes we kind of subcontract things out to each other and so we've known each other for years and he just kind of called me out of the blue and he said hey doug i am in a terrible bind uh, i've got an event in dallas i know that's where you're based um and uh, we is there any way that we can get 70 bicycles delivered to a hotel in dallas by tomorrow morning <laughs> and then it was like you want me to do what but luckily you know since we have a warehouse and we actually are in dallas you know they the the they, he ended up actually renting a, a box truck and and having a couple of his team members come over we loaded up some bicycles he had them by you know nine o'clock the next morning so it um by by kind of sharing that little success story about how we learned from our failures and and uh, created successes as a result of it and makes it a whole lot easier for the audience to trust you so anyway so keep those things in mind when you're creating one of these bid proposals or when we're, you're creating one of these sales presentations the most important thing is to focus on them not you identify the key things that the audience wants and help them get those things and then use your success stories and maybe one failure story to kind of show how you can do the things that they want to occur that they want to happen and you'll you'll win these things left and right they're actually really really easy because there's a good chance that most of your competitors most of the companies that you're competing against aren't doing these things. They're talking about themselves and bragging and making themselves sound high and mighty. And a lot of times that's going to turn off the audience 
you're building rapport and trust with your with the audience. And so they're more likely to hire you. Uh, by the way, if you're looking for coaching on something like this, if you have a big sales presentation coming up and, and you want some coaching, just go to fearlesspresentations.com, fill out one of those forms. Um, one of our instructors can, can kind of give you some coaching a lot of times over the phone. And if you need somebody to come out, we can schedule one of our instructors. A lot of times, just like what we talked about in the in the presentation or in the in the podcast, a lot of times they can. We have somebody right there in your city that can that can help you in a very short period of time. So, so look us up. Anyway, we'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.